With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Just after the release of this podcast, it was confirmed by Liverpool that Fabinho will not be travelling on the pre-season tour to Germany due to the acceptance of an offer and that Jordan Henderson will be on the plane. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, and welcome to another Media Matters for Anfield Index. People, it seems like the transfer window has gone insane, and not just insane as a worldwide term, Liverpool are right at the centre of it. And I'm absolutely delighted to, again, we've managed to stare him as we can do. Neil Jones is joining us to talk through everything related to the club in what is moving fast and quick. But first of all, most important, Neil, how are we? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. Yeah, been a bit of a busy week, hasn't it? And a bit of a surprise week, so just uh, hoping it's a... Similarly busy weekend because I think we all uh, we all feel a little bit alive at times like this, don't we? I think it gives us a bit of a extra oomph in our step. No doubts about it at all. And first of all, I did want to say to to yourself, so well done, congratulations! I saw the the sub stats go in, and now a YouTube star. Is that fair to say as well? Oh yeah. Well, we'll we'll see what comes of that. I mean, I, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't call me a star in any any form at this moment, but yeah, we've we've launched a YouTube channel. It's uh, it's up there. Started yesterday, and we'll see where it goes. But it feels like it was the natural, natural progression after you know all the writing, all the talking. Let's have a bit of a, a bit of YouTube video action as well. Yeah, absolutely. If, if you haven't subscribed to Substack, definitely get on that. Definitely subscribe to the YouTube. Well worth your time, no doubts at all. <laughs> With this one, Neil, and you've no doubt what I'm going to ask you today about the the Hendo, the Fabinho situation, the other transfer news, everything that's happened. It's there's a hot topic, isn't it? It's the, the Hendo and Fabinho situation. But I almost want to go in almost jumping back and forth on the timeline because the first question everyone's bugging me to ask you, and it's natural at the moment, is almost right where we are now. As you understand it, are Hendo and Fabinho scheduled to be on this plane to Germany today? That's the hot topic right now. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, that's, to be honest, I've spent most of the morning and most of last night trying to find that out. I have you have to say yes they are because no one said otherwise and why wouldn't they be you know there's been no offers submitted for them there's been no refusal to train they've trained as normal this week uh, at the AXA uh, well as normal as possible if you, if you you know you think about all the speculation that's going on so yeah there's no reason for them not to be um we'll wait and see i mean they fly lunchtime i think today and so we'll we'll, we'll soon know but I think that is a big moment, isn't it? I think you know, yeah. if one or both was not to be on that flight, and you know, as as it stands, there's nothing. I've had nothing to suggest that that is the case. But if if it was, then we would know where the wind was blowing on that one, and you know, we can all make our what we think is going to happen and what we you know what we we hope might happen. But once you get to a situation like that, where you know, you know, things are moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. And and I do almost want to rewind and it's probably best to separate the two, Hendo and Fabinho, because they are two different sagas. And it's important we get our Aletiads right from our Aletifax, and I'm probably pronouncing both of those wrong, but we can talk through that. So if we start on the 
the Hendo one's probably the best one to, to start with. And I almost want to rewind a bit on this. Without obviously revealing too much, when do you as a journo first get wind like, listen, there's something happening with Hendo here? When does that sort of first come onto your radar? Yeah, I mean, I suppose with this one, it was pretty much the second Stephen Gerrard put pen to paper on his contract um, at Etifac. So, yes, obviously then you're putting plans in place as a manager, aren't you? And there was a few names that, that popped up straight away and a lot of them had Liverpool leanings, you know, Gini Wijnaldum yeah. was Philip Coutinho, Sadio Mane, but Jordan Henderson was one. And to be honest, you know, you, 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 you probably shouldn't be because... You know, you, you've seen enough in this this world, but you dismiss it straight away. Almost, you think, well, yeah, good luck. You know, enjoy enjoy your uh, your pursuit of that one. Um, but really, to be honest, from my point of view, it was sort of last weekend. So last, well, I think it might have been last Sunday. You're speaking to someone who who I used to used to deal with a goal, and they say, you know, he's close to to joining our Etifak, and then. You, you you could think, well, oh, wow, this isn't going away. So you start putting you obviously your check calls in, and you you know you're speaking to as many people as you can. And early in the week, it was, I would say, it was probably sixty, seventy percent sort of now. Don't worry about it. And then as the week went on, it became the other way around, and you know it's probably completely fl- completely flipped now to, yeah, you know, almost certain. I think is is the the sort of vibe that you get from it. That certainly the player. Wow. And I think I think there's every chance that he does go as well. Yeah, I, I mean that that was the thing because it's always important to talk about the the latest and the the suggestions and numbers are always thrown about at the moment. But latest rumours have it as a wage up to seven hundred grand a week. Maybe that's the right thing to say. But yeah. is that fair? Because we're also we're also hearing that at the same time they're struggling to afford the transfer fee. Is that a fair assessment of what you're hearing where we are at the moment? I, I wouldn't use the word struggling to afford to, to describe anything that's going on <laughs> in football at this moment in time. Maybe reluctant to pay, but I certainly wouldn't say struggling to afford. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, it's very it's very difficult. I, I, I find that a very hard question to ask, even even sort of contacts really about wages. And, you know, it's not, yeah. not, really, it's not really anyone's business to be honest, in in that sense, but it's what is undoubtedly fair to say is it is a significant pay rate. It was described to me as being at least treble what you what you then. So it's not you know when when it was put out that he was going to double his wages, it was put to me that and add add on another you know add on a, a fair bit more as well. So you know wow, and and obviously there's there's there's, there's tax um, bits as well and you know things like that and. I'm guessing there'll be some, some sort of signing on theme involved in amongst it all. So yeah, there's um it's a lot of money. That's that's the bottom line. I, I we had this I had this conversation with a few people this week. You know, it was described and, and it's not a criticism of the journalists to put it, but it was described as a sort of easy phrase as life changing money. I don't I don't yeah. like I don't like that at all. I think it's I think it's disrespectful um to use that phrase that it's life changing money. It's 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 not it's life improving money definitely but it's life changing is taking someone who's got nothing and giving them something or you know someone who's struggling day to day and 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 giving them a chance of of a better life so this this is this doesn't fall into that category for me it's a lot of money that's that's the bottom line it's 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 a very very good contract which will clearly better someone's life and standard of living but in terms of changing changing someone's life not for me yeah, and th- that makes sense because, yeah, especially we are, without being disrespectful, we are talking about multimillionaires playing at, you know, exactly. club. There are enough people in this country who are struggling for, you know, who, who, who are waiting for life-changing money to come and life-changing money for them could be £100, never mind, never mind, you know, £600, £700 a week, £1,000 a week. Yeah, absolutely. It's important to say that. And the only other thing I really wanted to ask as a Hendo, because like you said, we are almost waiting for, for real-time developments. It, it almost relates to the manager and what you think Jurgen Klopp will be almost thinking, making of all this, because there's almost been a, and again, it might be rumours, but somebody might be able to sort of expand on this fabled chat. There's always a chat, isn't there, when these types of things happen. So discussions that, you know, Schmacker, Jurgen, Hendo have all sat down, even with his agent. Would you say that there's been that conversation? And would you say that's, you know, something now in Jurgen Klopp's thoughts? Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. 
From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, yeah, he's aware of... Liverpool are aware of the situation and Jürgen Klopp's obviously aware of, of the situation. I mean, I, I don't know if it's been held in that way of face-to-face conversations and showdown talks and the way that, you know, we sometimes refer to it in the media where yeah. it, it feels a lot more dramatic than it is. But yeah, Liverpool are certainly aware of the prospect of, of the captain leaving, of the prospect of the fam- the, the captain wants to leave. Um, and yeah, I mean, if it isn't in Jürgen's thoughts of, OK, what happens if he does and what do we have to do then? Certainly. And I think the interesting point from him, you know, he's always been... He's, he's had his sort of core, really, of players, hasn't he, that... You, yeah. you know, you know that there is is people really, and you know a lot. It's a big core to be fair, but you know Jordan is certainly one of them. You know, you look at Milner, you look at Lallana. Um, I think Oxley Chamberlain would have fallen out. I'm sure Andy Robertson would 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 be in that that sort of mix. Virgil um, and Jordan would be there. So he's tended to be pretty fair with with his players. I would say, you know, you, there's not many yeah. that you look at that you'd say, you know, he's he's let, he's made them stay and be unhappy, or you know, he's he's gone against their wishes and sort of turned down, you know, said, no, listen, there might be some younger players potentially, you know, you might look at Quivine Kelleher or, or Nico Williams potentially in the past where he said, no, we need you as backup. But really, you know, even going back to, I just remember him letting Nathaniel Klein leave on loan, you know, in the middle of a season. Yeah. We ended up playing Jordan Henderson at right back and you thought, why have you done that? But from his point of view, it was, well, the player wants to leave and, you know, we're sort of, we're denying him that chance, you know, to go and play. And I think Minamino was another one mid-season. So he tends to be pretty fair. If a player comes, I think the question now is what happens when it's a player that isn't Nathaniel Klein and a backup, it isn't Quivine Keller, who's a young player. It, it's it's his captain. It's someone who played, yeah. you know, he's played 100 games in the last two seasons. He's, I mean, I was amazed at this. I, I only found this out this week, but he's only missed six Premier League games in the last two seasons, which, you know... Wow. That, that that's someone who plays a lot of football, isn't it, for you? And you might yeah. be but uh, he, he, and you might say, I've seen it sort of edged towards this conversation that oh, he's been told he's not going to play next season. Well, I don't think that's true either because he will. You know, it, we know we know what Liverpool's injury <laughs> record is like and what happens in a season. Jordan Henderson will play football if he stays at Liverpool one hundred percent. Um, so it's not a question of a, a fringe player coming and saying, "Look, I've got this offer. You know, will you let me go?" It's not. It's not Adam Lallana when he, you know, he, he got to the end of his contract, or Dayan Lovren when he was fourth, fifth choice. You know, this is this is Liverpool's captain and someone who's central. So it will be interesting to see whether he sticks to that kind of fairness, um, yeah, you know, policy if you want to call it that. Uh, I mean, I, I suppose the other the other point to make is obviously it depends on what kind of money gets offered as the player and we've seen it talked about that it would be a free transfer early in the week I don't think that there's any chance of that um, yeah. I don't think there's much chance of him going on a very cheap deal either I think you'll, you'll be looking at certainly more than £10 million pounds for, for Henderson so once that once that figure is reached then I think we've seen things move pretty quickly Yeah it, it does feel that's probably the, the right phrase for this at the moment when things moving quickly and speaking of things that have, have been mentioned quickly, but don't seem to be sort of maybe in the public eye, so to speak, at the moment, the Fabinho move, because as you know, there's a lot of well-known, very respected journalists who mentioned this, Ornstein, Paul Joyce, you know, come out and said, and I might be pronouncing this wrong, Alicia Poundbeard, there's the connection naturally with Nuno Gomez, Jorge Mendes, you know, the, the agents for both that type of thing. So a lot of things are expected too move quickly as we said with that is there is there any update on this at all or is it just a case of Liverpool are expecting and waiting for this offer to come in at some point yeah I think so I mean I would expect it to come in soon to be perfectly honest if, if it is going to arrive I don't I don't think it's going to be one that drags on weeks and weeks and weeks you know as I say Liverpool if you look at the importance so I've just mentioned Jordan Henderson's importance Fabinho certainly fits into that category you know he, he's yeah. probably He's arguably more important in terms of football because he, there's no one else really in the squad who's his profile is that you know there are other players who can play the number six, but there's nobody who plays it 
at their best, like Fabinho does. Um, he's he's one of the, the midfielders. He's a bit younger, obviously, than Jordan Henderson and Thiago. So he, he's sort of still someone who retains some value, as you see in the price tag that we're talking about, £40 million. Pound. Yeah. My opinion on it, on Fabinho, is I don't think Liverpool can turn that kind of money down from anyone. Um, for, for Fabinho, I think, you know, you look at, I think it would be seen as not necessarily a bonus, but a surprise sort of, Opportunity to, to you know to get rid of someone who maybe is on the on the wrong um, trajectory in their in yeah. form, who's on obviously in the wrong wrong bracket of their age. They're, they're obviously by the time his contract finishes, he's going to be Jordan Henderson's age. I'm guessing he's a big earner. You know, again, I don't know, yeah, don't know exact figures, but I'm I'm pretty sure he's paid well. Um, so it is an opportunity, and if you do want to look at that area of the pitch, and we know that Liverpool have looked or are definitely considering what they're going to do with, with the number six and the, the deeper line midfield. If it accelerates the pro- process, then okay, but you, at least you're getting decent money for it and a chance to to potentially, you know, to make some moves, which you might not have been planning for at the start of the summer, but you can certainly, um, you can certainly benefit from if you get it right. Uh, yeah, again, it's, it's in that, that position is that we, we wait really for the, the, the offer. I think once the offer arrives, you know that that's Fabinho's given his blessing. I don't think it's a, it's a case an offer arrives and then Liverpool say to Fabinho, right, what do you think? And he says, oh no, I've got no chance. You know, I'm not going to Saudi. I think if yeah. an offer arrives, you know that the player's keen on the move. And again, you know, I think it's a bit different to Henderson. I think the offer's too good to turn down in in this instance. Um, but again, if the player wants to leave, I, I imagine Jürgen would be, you know, of the of the mind to say okay let's let's make the best of a, of a, a tough situation. Yeah, it, it it does probably like you say wait waiting for that to happen and, and the the players behind it and I think that's been the sentiment for from a lot of fans that Fabinho has been brilliant for the club but last season I think as if you described it almost fell off a cliff at times his form didn't it so that yeah. type of money and. Who knows? It may be even pushed to get even. This is maybe sounding greedy as anything on a Saturday morning, but maybe pushed to even get more if the forty million is the opening offer. But very hard to turn down, isn't it? I think so, and I, I've also had this thing with Fabinho in the past. There's a few players at Liverpool, I think, who are in this this boat. I I think unless you sort of unless you're in the Liverpool world. I don't think people realise sometimes how good some of these players are. And I think, you know, Roberto Firmino was one. I think Sadio Mane was probably one. Gini Wijnaldum was definitely one. We're, I'm not sure the wider world quite appreciates the, these kind of players. So yeah. if you if Liverpool had said at the end of last season, look, we're gonna we're gonna sell Fabinho, we 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 we're deciding that we we want rid of him. I'm not sure there would have been a huge sort of swell of people wanting to buy him, you know, and certainly not for sure. That kind of money. I mean, you've got to you've got to remember if they sell them for forty million, that's what they paid for them, pretty much. You know, five years. Yeah. Ago. So, you know, it, it 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 can't be bad business given what he's achieved, the miles he's put on the clock. You know, over two hundred games for Liverpool, won everything. But I do think there probably wasn't a great market for for, for someone like Fabinho. You know, I'm sure there would have been clubs who'd who'd see an opportunity. But this sort of this almost gives Liverpool. Or give gives Fabinho values Fabinho what he's probably worth, isn't it? You know, in terms of in terms of his what what we know he can be and what we know he has been. So it's a it's definitely an opportunity. I think that Liverpool didn't expect, uh, or that I know of, didn't expect. He certainly um, it certainly was never mentioned to me in any conversations about players who might leave this summer. I don't think Fabinho's name ever ever came into it. I don't think Jordan's name ever came into it. But now it's here. It is one that you can say, well, if it. It might bring your your plans forward by a year. It might it might force you to look at alternative targets. It might force you to just have a little bit of a rethink on general things. But it might be an opportunity for Liverpool to say, Do you know what, we were we were almost planning to get, you know, nothing for this player, and now we can get forty million and try and you know replace him. I don't think it's necessarily the worst thing, but the key obviously is what you do once, if and when he goes. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the craziest thing to me that I'm thinking now is thinking of that trio that started the, the Champions League final against Real Madrid, sort of Thiago, Hendo and Fabinho. The one that we thought would probably be most likely to leave, Thiago, with all the offers. D- does that mean sort of by proxy now, Neil, he's staying, do you think? Do you think that just rules it out because of what's <laughs> happening now with Hendo and well, Fabinho? Like, no, you're well, staying. I don't I, no, I, I, 
I'm sorry to say this, really, but I just think you can't rule anything out at this stage with, with it. You know, so much is changing and so much is happening. If the captain of England can be a captain of England, captain of Liverpool, the vice captain of England, you know, Premier League uh, winner, you know, plays regularly can be can be taken by by money. And you know, listen, that hasn't happened yet, but there's a very strong possibility if Brazilian internationals are going. You know, you've got links with so many other players. I mean, I, I, I almost think there must be Premier League players sitting there who haven't had the call from Saudi who are thinking, what have I done wrong? You know, like, why, 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 <laughs> yeah. why is the not ringing? You know, I'm seeing everyone link, you know, you're looking at Mitrovic at, at Fulham, you know, the, the main yeah. man in the Premier League club. You're looking at Ruben Neves has gone there, you know, the potential for Riyad Mahrez to go, you know, Chelsea are obviously offloaded a lot of their players and, you know, Bernardo Silva's been linked. There's so many possibilities. I don't think you can sort of say, oh no, that's it. Now, you know, the sums on offer are so mind-boggling. And the worry I have with, with someone like Henderson as well, not just from a Liverpool point of view, but it does, if he goes, I think it does sort of, it, it, it lends itself to the possibility that younger players, ne- never mind, you know, ageing players and players who've achieved everything in their career, younger players look at it and think, well, you know what, if I'm 21 and I go there for a season or two, yeah, that's my career, you know, and then and then I'm I'm only 23, and I'm 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 still able to go and have a career wherever it is. And listen, there is the, the very real possibility that it's not long before Saudi Arabia is a place to be. You know, it's not it, it is a it is a a competition that's as competitive and as as well watched and as well sort of thing as as anything in Europe. So it, there are so many possibilities that mean that when you're talking about listen, I my personal opinion, I thought Thiago would go. At the start of the summer, I feel yeah. less, I feel less certain of that now, but I would not wish to put myself out there saying, "Oh no, he's going to stay," or even anyone's going to stay at Liverpool because you know we've seen you know someone with someone with a lot of money can turn anyone's head almost. Yeah, it's just it almost seems crazy that I know people were talking about in anger at times ripping up the midfield last season, but no one actually thought it would actually happen where it could literally be, you know all those senior players go in. And listen, and we, we can speculate till, till the cows come home, don't get me wrong, but based on, I suppose, your unique perspective as a, a journal, your knowledge, your insight, I will, we won't hold you to this, but if you had to sort of gamble now yeah. out of those three senior midfield midfielders, sorry, which way are you leaning, would you say? Yeah, well, my gamble would be, I think, Fabinho will leave... Um, I think Jordan will leave at this moment. Uh, I, I, I think it's it's set up for one of two things, isn't it? It, it? The obvious, the obvious trail at the moment is that Jordan leaves, but there's there's the sort of lingering feeling of the, the dramatic U-turn. And wouldn't it be wouldn't it be ironic if Steven Gerrard was was on the wrong end of a, a dramatic U-turn from the Liverpool? <laughs> yeah. Answer. Um, so the, I, I do. That is still a possibility. I think that you know Henderson comes out and says, "Look, you know." I had to think about it. I wobbled. I'm sorry. You know, I'm staying. I think from what I've what I've spoken to people at the end of like this week, I think there's a very good chance he leaves. Thiago, it's a little bit quieter. Um, it looks, you know, the stories we've seen, obviously, from people who've who've got Thiago's end of of the the, the line, suggest that he wants to stay. So that that could be crucial. So I would wow. probably. I'd probably say two of the three will leave, but listen, I wouldn't be at all surprised if all three did. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, which which seems crazy that we're talking about this as of a few weeks ago. And you, you probably no doubt was going to ask about this because for all the links of outgoings, there's even more to talk about. Naturally, all Reds want to hear like, well, well, who's coming in? That's, you know, the, the thing that's going to get everyone buzzing. And probably the name that, it, not in a bad way, but it almost just won't go away, Romeo Lavia. It, yeah. Is that the one, would you say, is still the real one to, to keep an eye on based on what you're hearing? Well... I, I honestly, I think, yeah, I think it is one to keep an eye on. Definitely, I, I think the the big question that we're all looking to get the answer to is what what changes and what sort of you yeah. know does this add? Because, and you know, I think you know from my um, previous things, I've been a bit, I wouldn't say I'm skeptical of Lavia, but I'm I'm a lot more understanding of Liverpool's stance on Lavia in terms of price tag than than a lot of people are. You know, this is still a very very much an unproven player. It's still very much a player that is at the beginning of their career. Now, that's fine if you've got your midfield sort of set up and you want to add them in and, and sort of blend yeah. 
the squad and you know maybe hopefully in a year's time or even you know if he, if he, if he smashes it you know he could be in a few months time he's ready to take over that's great if you're asking him to come in and replace you know Jordan Henderson and Fabinho alone have played 700 games for Liverpool massive ask if you're asking someone at 19 to come in and you know you've got Stefan Bicetis there as well who's 18 I, I think you you're asking you're asking too much of any player really there's not you know it would be a big ask of Jude Bellingham to do that on yeah. you know to ask Romeo Lavia to do it okay so what does that change does it mean that you get Lavia and another does it mean that you have to shelve Lavia and say no sorry we you know we just can't afford to take a gamble this summer you know we need we need a proven a more proven player someone with a bit more experience someone who's you know we know we're going to get a level of consistency from I think there's a chance that they do. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, for example, envisage that by getting rid of Fabinho and Henderson, that Liverpool suddenly say, right, that's it, 50 million for Lavia. There you go. We just put that much. I think Liverpool will still view Lavia in the same way. You know, well, the deal's the deal. And if it makes sense, it makes sense. Um, but the, the, the key one for me is if and when these players do leave, what, what are the targets that get identified? There's no way. There's absolutely no way that Liverpool can sell it to the fans that it's okay. They were they were aging players, and we've got McAllister and Sobosly, and we've got Bajetic, and we've got you know whoever. There's no way you can't replace players like that with nobody. It has to be there have to be signings made. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, it's and, and I'm always going to bring back something that you talked about a while before, because you, you've mentioned before with almost the, the way Liverpool profile players, it's, yeah, of a younger age than the ones they've got, but I know you've talked about it as in players that have played sort of 200, 300 yeah. games, a certain level, so they've got that sort of body of evidence, as it were. So, I mean, the the names that are being thrown out, and I know you've mentioned them as well at times, sort of Turam, Anise, Caicedo, to a many even at Rails come back on the, the radar apparently. As again, this is all rumour time and Coop as I might be pronouncing that wrong at Atalanta. Yeah. Is, is it literally, as you said, just a case of as I should mention as well, Florentino Louise, the, the Benfica youngster, he's also come up with not youngster, but a younger midfielder as well. Is is it now literally, as you said, rumour time, so to speak, just waiting to see what happens and as Liverpool do, sometimes the name comes from nowhere, doesn't it, at the same time? Oh yeah, I mean, I've no doubt Liverpool will have. They they have to be in this position. They 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 can't they can't ever let themselves be in a position where they don't have a plan for for any eventuality. You know, Fabinho could do his ACL, couldn't he? You know, he could. Yeah. He, you know, he could just be as poor as he was last season again. You know, and then you're in a position. So they have to have done their diligence in terms of finding potential players to take over. Now, the I think the biggest question. Is is obviously are they looking for a Fabinho type player, or are they looking for someone to play in Fabinho's position? And they, and they are different, you know. And obviously, Lavia plays in Fabinho's position, but he's a different type of player. Are they looking for someone to do what Fabinho has done for Liverpool and, and that? You know, we've seen what that is. That's a lot of defensive work. It's it's very you know very much a sitter, very much someone who you know is straightforward with their distribution, is is physical and robust and wins headers and is strong in the tackle. Or are they looking for someone who's a bit different? So, you know, someone more like a, a Sergio Busquets who, who's a, you know, yeah. a, you know someone who, a, a real continuity player who has 100, 120 get touches of, of the ball a, a game. Are they looking for someone who can play passes like Ruben Neves from deep, you know, who can, who can spread the play? Are, are, you know, 
I don't know is the, is the, the honest answer to that. And we'll see when these targets start emerging. But at the moment, everything is sort of on the table, isn't it? I think there's a lot of names that are going to come up. I, you know, uh, Florentino Luis was a main I mentioned actually, and it's one that I, I, I asked about earlier this year. Um, he was linked, obviously, he had a really good season with Benfica. Um, and he's quite, the profile is quite similar to Fabinho. If you look at, look yeah. at the way he plays, he's, um, you know, he's, he's, he's a, a real ball winner. He gets through so many defensive actions in a game. And he's sort of one of those players that when you watch him, he seems to be sort of getting his foot in everywhere and he's tall and he, you know, he's got, got sort of a rangy stride about him. So I, I asked about him early in the season, was told, no, he wasn't a Liverpool target. Now, does that change? Because now all of a sudden you, you need, you need someone like him. I think there's a chance. Um, but there's also a chance that Liverpool say, no, we're going to go with more ball-playing midfielders. We're going to go with Trent Alexander-Arnold in there and we're going to get a player alongside him who's comfortable on the half-ten and you know breaking the first line and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I think for the time being, I think we're just going to have to get used to the fact that loads of names are going to come up. We're already used to that fact, really, aren't we, with Liverpool? But loads True. of names come up there's going to be a lot of agents trying to push midfielders Liverpool's way I imagine a lot of clubs potentially sort of using Liverpool's name to to, to maybe drum up some interest in their their players um, but you would hope and I would expect that Liverpool have done a lot of diligence due diligence in terms of Fabinho position midfielders not necessarily Fabinho profile midfielders but players who play in that position who are potentially available what kind of price they'll be what kind of wages they'll be where they might you know fit into a, a Liverpool system I imagine some of that work if not a lot of that work will have already been done and if it hasn't then it should have Yeah and I, I think you're right it's difficult to know because there's there's even assumptions we're going to keep with almost like you said, the progressive midfielders, like the, the changes in recent years with Thiago, or even is there a, a reversion back to a heavy metal style, you know, younger legs in the park in the middle, so to speak, you know, pressing again. It's it's all a kind of watch and see brief. And there's probably just a... a... Sorry, I'm just going to say, I mean, it is <laughs> the younger legs thing. I mean, it depends how young are the legs is, is, the, is the problem because it's easy to sort of say... You want put you want to put energy and and physicality into your midfield, so you go for you know young, younger players, and you've got say you've got an eighteen year old, a nineteen year old in Lavia. That doesn't necessarily add energy and physicality to your midfield because they might break down. We've seen Stefan Bajetic came in and played nearly twenty games, and he added a little bit of it, but he broke down. You know, it, you need yeah. more, you need that reliability as well, and you need that the ability to sustain it over the course of a season and you know, over you know play three times a week Europa League football to to handle the demands of the Premier League. So it it isn't. I, th- I think there's a balance to be struck. You know, certainly you, Liverpool have looked to bring down the age profile of the of the team this summer. You know, you look at the, the two players they've bought already. You know, some of the players that they've they've almost they're expecting to step up. You know, with 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 Curtis Jones and with Bajetic. But at the same time, you also need that kind of knowledge that they are going to be able to do it. And it's not just a case of, oh, yeah, you know, once once he grows into his body or once he sort of gets the hang of it all, you know, he, he can do it. Liverpool pretty much need people who can do it right away, don't they? And you know, I, think, yeah. um, I think I think that's why they go down that route. I mean, it's sort of generally the sweet spot for games played is usually around 175. Um, well, that's sort of the average of signings that they've made. And a lot of a lot of the players that they've bought in the last five years fit into that category. That's the reason for it, really. It's so you know that what what you're getting from them physically can be repeated and can be repeated and can be you know three times a week can play in 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 the most intense games. At the moment, when you if you're signing a sort of player who's got less than that or even more than that, if you're going on on the other end of the spectrum, that's where the risk comes in, and you know you could end up with a situation where Lavia naturally has an up and down run because he's 19 and and all players do at that age. Right. We've we've seen how long we've waited for Curtis Jones to sort of find a level. Yeah, you know you've seen the trouble Harvey Elliott's had. You know in terms of starting the season really well and maybe finding it tougher in the second half because you know he's not maybe not used to sort of the sheer demands of it. By Chetich has already suffered, so buying younger players is is good. But I think you also need that core of sort of reliable and 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 players who can um, do it regularly. You're you need them around them as well. Yeah, which absolutely makes sense. I think even as you said there, maybe thinking Jurgen described 
you know, Badsetic is a, a man in a boy's body, didn't he? Or the the break, like I say, when he had the, yeah. the breakdown, the way he's performing. And yeah, that, that does lead to a lot of speculation that if it's Fabinho and Henderson out, is it one, maybe like a Lavia, a young project, if that's the right phrase? But like you said, there's got to be an established player, if that's the right word as well, coming in. So yeah, that it makes, will that be sense to me. You know, listen, I'm 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 only I'm only that's educated sort of analysis, if you want to call it that, of, of it rather than sort of hard news. But that would be my expectation. I don't think you could just say to Lavia, go on, you know, good luck, son. Step in and replace the captain and and the sort yeah. of lighthouse as he's been known. You know, you need you you would need someone else as well. Yeah, it does make complete sense. It's it's gonna be fascinating as this unravels it really is. And probably a, a couple of other outgoings. I won't I won't ask you about Levi Colwell because everyone knows where that is. We like the player, it's all just waiting to see what, what the player wants to do. But from a defensive point of view, two players that are, have been linked with exits recently. Nat Phillips, Leeds keep coming up uh, and other teams and even a, a player that, you know, we both know has got huge potential in Luke Chambers being linked with that move to, to Bayer Leverkusen of all places with Xavi after, you know, Seth van der Berg as well has also gone on loan to, to Mainz for the season. Is there any updates on that? Are you expecting them to both depart or is it just a, a watching brief again for those? Yeah, I think I think Nat Phillips is issue. I'm not, I think he's only just returned to training, to full training, as in from an injury. Um, so I think that might be one that moves once once he's got that under his belt. Um, you know, sort of proving his fitness kind of thing. Yeah, uh, I do expect Nat to leave this summer. Um, I think he has to leave for hit for his own good, and I think Liverpool need to be fair to him as well. Leeds, I think Feyenoord were linked with him quite recently as well. Yeah. That would be a great move, wouldn't it? You know, going going over to, to the Dutch champions, Champions League football. Um, I think Leeds would be a great move for him actually as well, just in terms of the the size of that club and the, the fan base. And, you know, you'd expect they'll be up the top end of the championship competing. So I think he'll have some good options, Nat. Um, and yeah, I think once he's he's back, I don't think I've seen him on the grass. I'm just 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 thinking, I don't think I've seen him in part, as part of a, a full training session. I think he's been doing like sort of latter stages rehab um, yeah. In in the first week, so I think once he's back fit, I think that might be one that you start seeing that to move um, forward. Whether that'll be next week uh, again, he's another one, isn't he? Whether he's on that trip today, I, I imagine he will be, even if he's not going to play. But yeah, we might see that sort of start to move. Um, <laughs> a lot of German clubs like him as well, so it might be ideal if he's over in Germany uh, doing doing preseason. Then can head off and and have talks and do medicals and whatever else. True. Luke Chambers, I think, is a really interesting one, isn't it? Great story from from the Athletic. It was uh, Kiva, wasn't it? The Athletic who, who wrote, yeah, uh, um, by Leverkusen and like him. And what a, what a great move that would be for for a young player. I mean, a risky one. You know, you you want young players to go and play, don't you? And you imagine that the higher they go or the more they jump the levels, the more difficult it is to yeah play. But I think he, I honestly, I mean, you know what my feelings on on Luke Chambers. I think he's a real talent. I think he's a real, real good player. I think he will go on loan. I think that was always expected. You know, assuming Simakas wasn't to leave, then there's not really a space for a third left back, specialist left back. You know, needed um, this season. You, you can always mend and make do in the, in the event of injuries. Um, so yeah, I would. I would expect him to go, whether it's to Leverkusen, whether it's to the Championship. I think there's a lot of clubs in the Championship who like. Like Chambers, I'm sure there'll be a few Scottish clubs who who notice them at the back end yeah. as well. There seems to be a, a a bit of a bit of a trend of Liverpool youngsters going to Scotland. True, yeah, you've got Owen Beck, haven't you? Got Reese Williams up there. Um, obviously, Leighton Clarkson's gone permanently. Went last season. Then Woodburn's gone in the past. That does seem to be a bit of a rich um, or yeah fertile ground for 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 uh, young loans for Liverpool. Yeah, I do think Chambers will go. If it's Leverkusen, I think it'd, be, it'd just be fantastic to just see how he gets yeah. on. Um, it would also show... I, I was I was speaking to someone about this on Redman actually recently where I was saying that, you know, we all make assumptions on, on managers based on, you know, what they were like as a player, don't we? So we think, oh, Xabi Alonso's teams will be a certain way. We all, we all thought it when Steven Gerrard went into management, yeah. oh, his teams will play a certain way. But the one thing you would absolutely have to say is... Knowing Jabby Alonso, how he played football, 
and what what he was like as a footballer. There's no chance that he would look at Luke Chambers and not see a very good footballer. You know, he would look at him and, yeah. and the, the decision making, the sort of the, the way he holds himself, the, the the class of the way he plays. You would imagine that would be right up someone like Javi Alonso Street. It's just a case of whether he's ready to go and play in the Bundesliga and you know in the I think they're in the Conference League that they qualify for. Yeah, absolutely. Sneaked in, didn't he? So whether he's ready for that step yet is the question. But certainly in terms of talent and, and ability, he's he's got the chance I think to play at a very good level in his in his career. And if he does skip a couple of levels this season uh, and goes and plays for someone like Leverkusen, I'd be fascinated to see how he gets on. I really would. Yeah, it would be really well. Van der Berg, yeah. So he didn't with Van der Berg, yeah. That was, I mean, that's one that I think was expected. Um, his joint minds had a, you know, he had a promising start to last season and got his injury. So a bit of time to make up for, you know, he, he's he's been one of the the lone successes really up until this point. You know, you, you had two seasons yeah. where he was playing a lot of games and, and and playing at a decent level. Um, and he made a good start with with Schalke, and then obviously it all it all came crashing down with this this ankle injury that he got. But came back well the, the back end of last season, um, albeit in a struggling side. And hopefully, yeah, if he can stay injury free. You know, I think I think his level is probably around where he's at now. You know, I think that's where he'll end up in his career. You know, out of mind, so a Schalke that kind of level. Um, so a good chance for him to go and play some regular football, and you know, from a Liverpool perspective, hopefully. Add some value to his his price tag for when he's eventually sold, which I expect he will be. Yeah, true. It it, it does feel like that a bit with Sepp Danderberg almost getting to a club where he does well and, and make a, a not ginormous but a tidy profit is maybe the right phrase on you know yeah. what they originally paid. And Luke Chambers, it is fascinating because I think all this talk they were wanting a left sided centre back. This is a really talented kid who you know who plays there almost left back, left side centre-back as well I suppose the one to keep an eye on is like you say with Leverkusen does he get ahead though of people like as it stands on their books now Tapsober I think it's pronounced Jonathan yeah. Tarr I mean that's a, that's a big ask isn't it for him to sort of step in at that level and really impose himself but if he does what an opportunity for him at the same time it's just hoping it's not a bridge too far for the kid if that makes sense at the same time yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course, and and that is the risk, isn't it? I mean, I remember Ryan Kent going to Germany, sort of really young. I think he went to Freiburg, didn't he? And he was yeah. back quickly. You know, you've seen other players. Um, you know, Adam Lewis went over to France. Shea Ojo, I think, went over to to France. Um, and and there are those moves that you go, oh, that's interesting. You no, know, Owen Beck was another one, wasn't he? Went to Portugal last summer, and it can it can go that the wrong way. You know, it can sort of if you don't get into the team and if you're not sort of involved straight away, um, it can, the the things that you're worried about with a young player, you know, the language or the, the culture, the, 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 the being unsettled off the pitch, that can suddenly come to the fore if you're not playing. If you are playing and you, you're getting in the team every week, I think those things, you know, seem to take care of themselves, don't they? So it, it is yeah. a risk. Um, I, think, I think Chambers' character what I know of him is pretty strong and I think he's seen as quite a level-headed, you know, a leader and that kind of thing. So maybe they feel he would be better suited to something like that. But there's certainly, yeah, it's it's certainly a huge risk for a young player because you could end up in a situation where, okay, they learn a lot. They learn how to stand on their own two feet or learn a new language or, you know, they learn a lot of football. But at the same time, they're almost losing a year of their sort of, Developments in terms of match play, aren't they? You know, if they're not yeah. playing, so yeah, all alone, all alone moves are a risk, and some of them pay off, some of them don't. Um, some of the bad ones end up being good in terms of what what the player learns from them. But I think the ideal scenario is always that a player goes and and plays regular football and that's yeah. a player. Yeah, fingers crossed. And there is a lot of high hopes around Luke Chambers, so fingers crossed it works out one way or the other. And as much as we're talking about all the players moving in and out, it's always important just to, to talk about, you know, Liverpool are back in pre-season training. Everyone's seen the, the famous lactate tests have taken place, yeah. you know, all the, all the results there as people get fascinated by it all. You know, the test that's been around for 30, 40 years, but people are still fascinated by the results as it is. And it is right to talk about the the two new boys in, Dominic Zabozlai, and Alexis yeah. McAllister. I mean, from your insight, what you're hearing around the the place, what, what I suppose in simple terms, what are you hearing about their start to life at Liverpool? Yeah, so I think what's clear from the word go, I mean, look, Sob, Sobosla in particular, Sobosla, sorry, um, 
And you, the lack, it's all about the lactate test. I mean, I don't know if you saw Trent Alexander-Arnold's response to, to where he, you know, he won it obviously in his group. It was a pretty competitive group with Luis Diaz, with Jota, with with Trent, with McAllister, Gakpo. Trent was sort of taken aback by what you know the level that he reached twenty point two. I think was the the level that he said. So clearly, the first impression is wow, this is an athlete. You know that that can run all day. Um, I, I thought I saw Trent's interview, which I thought was um, really good quote from him. I think it was with Sky, where he said, "For someone like me who loves to pass the ball, they're a dream." Uh, these, yeah. two, you know, in terms of you know that the first touch is going to be right. They're going to be on the half turn. You can you can fire it into them. I imagine, and you know, ballers, if you want to call it that, to coin a modern phrase. I spoke to people about McAllister when he signed. I spoke to Glenn Murray, who trained at Brighton with him or played at Brighton with him. I remember Glenn saying that, you know, he's one of them people in training that you sort of, when you're up close with him, you just realise you just he's just such a good player, you know, all-round player. Doesn't do things wrong, you know, does everything sort of by the book, whether, you know, is whether it's his physical stuff, his warm-up, but also his first touch is always good, his pass has always got the right weight on it, you know. So yeah. I, I imagine they will have made a good impression in the first week. I, you know, it'll be difficult, they'll be... We've seen it, haven't we? We saw it with Darwin Nunez last last summer, and we've seen it with other players. Where Fabinho is a, a good example of that, where they come in and it's really difficult because the intensity is something they're maybe not used to, or they're not they're not quite ready to do. So they they maybe have that little moment where they've got to adapt and they've got to adjust. Um, but yet it's a. Uh, I think I think it's it's got to be a promising first week. They're not injured for starters. That's that's <laughs> yeah, that's one. And I think it'll be really exciting for everyone on 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 Wednesday. Obviously, when they play Karlsruhe, to just get a good look at them, um, and and see you know a what type of players they are or what what type of how they look in that Liverpool system. But yeah, what type of system that is that, that they're playing. You know whether it's whether it's two further forward in that box midfield or whether you, you know, you've got Sobislai off the right and Salah moving in a little bit or you've got, you know, these kind of things. I think it's um I think it's fascinating from a tactical point of view. But in terms of the players, yeah, I, I think there's been no question. I, I, it was a great moment on the first day, on the Tuesday, where Virgil picked up Alexis's phone. I don't know if you saw that. He was doing... Some- yeah, the screenshot, yeah. And, and his, his lock screen was him with the World Cup and Virgil sort of just looked at it as a so fair play. <laughs> you know, for, yeah, we we get it. You've won the World Cup. Um, I think that buys you a certain level of respect as well, doesn't it? With 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 uh, people, you know, I'm sure I would be amazed if people aren't asking Alexis McAllister. I would be. What's Messi like? You know, what's it, what was it like? Yeah. You know, what was that? What was that parade like in Buenos Aires? You know, how how did you find it? What's your life been like since? I would be asking all those questions, and I think as well now the fact that you they're going away for you know what is it ten days pretty much. I think that you'll start to see a little bit more of that kind of thing. You know, you those inside training videos you'll start to see maybe. McAllister, Sobersly finding their their friends within the group and becoming you know that that kind of part of it I think it really accelerates when you go on these camps I think Trent was talking about that himself wasn't he you know he loves being away in the hotels and the sort of yeah it gives you a chance to really bond so yeah I think I think it's been a decent start and I think it'll get better as it goes on in the next couple of couple of weeks I don't need a VPN I've got nothing to hide (laughs) this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with libertyshield.com not only is my home internet now fully encrypted but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Yeah, they're always fascinating. You always get some weird combos, don't you? Like Luis Diaz and Curtis Jones. Yeah, yeah. Don't notice to communicate. 
think Egan said, and he? he said, I don't know what they talk about or how they communicate. He said, but they they're, they're inseparable. Um, it must be it must be the language of football, mustn't it, that they, they speak? But yeah, you, you get them. There was always the famous one at Manchester United, wasn't it? Was it Tevez, Patrice Evra, and Park Ji Sung were sort of the yeah. trio and Ferguson used to say all the time. I don't know, I don't know how that's come about, but you know, let it carry on. I'm sure you'll see that. You know, I, I think McAllister seems like one of those people that. You know, he's a very level-headed sort of character. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't feel like he's sort of particularly fiery in that sense or up and down. I think he'll be quite level. I don't, don't know Sobersly, but I believe he. You know, he's he's not dissimilar as well. Or or the, the reports that came back when he signed were, were that he was seen as a, a leader, obviously a good character. So yeah, I don't think there'll be too much trouble bedding these people in. Definitely. And and I think, and, and this isn't a dig at Darwin Nunes in any way, but I think as a lot of people have identified both their English, you know, their English is excellent, isn't it? Especially, you yeah. know, McAllister, Sabozla, you've seen on the interview. So you think sort of transitioning between sort of groups, different players chatting will, will come naturally to them in that sense at the same time as well. Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, it was one of them... Um, with with Nunez, wasn't it? The first day we saw the video of him with Jürgen talking in English, wasn't it, in the in the treatment room when he was doing his testing. And then obviously the the video come up when he he, he took the number nine shirt and he's, he's done it in, in Spanish. So I think there's still some work to be done on that. But yeah. I'm, I'm, I am told with Nunes that it's getting better and it's it's getting more um it's it's getting more or less of an issue. Let's hope let's hope it's that um you know he took that number nine shirt. Big big move for him, big big step. Yeah. Might feel only symbolic, really, but it is a big step. You know, Liverpool's number nine is 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 a thing. Liverpool's number twenty seven isn't really a thing. Although Divock Origi did his best to make it so, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's a bigger it's a bigger ask, isn't it, to be Liverpool's number nine? And hopefully, he's up to it. You know, there's been some great players wearing that shirt, and you know, I've still got optimism that he can become a great player for Liverpool. But we want to see it, don't we, as soon as possible? Yeah, absolutely. And then hopefully, fingers crossed, that the two new boys will, will play their part in helping him that way. And that, that was one I did want to talk about because I suppose when they, they come in, there's an expectation, like you said, that you can't do, well, you can't just expect them to necessarily be instant starters, it to be perfect. There's always going to be the Fabinho, the Robbo type situations where it takes a bit of time. With yeah. With the potential that Fabinho and Hendo, you know, as we think that they're likely to leave, do you think that changes the picture for those two? As in, did you think, what I'm asking, I suppose, long story short, did you think they, they maybe both be starters, one may be introduced, or with the potential excess, is it now, now these guys are going to start? This is it for them, really, do you think? Oh, I, I think there was a good chance that they'd start anyway. Um, I think McAllister in particular, I think he looked like someone he just slot in, really, you know, so multifunctional, isn't he, in that midfield? Uh, yeah. Whether, whether it was deep, whether it was further forward, whether it was left or right, he he was going to slot in. I think Sobersly was as well. I, I think the, the price tag and the, the the fact that Liverpool were willing to meet that release clause in full, you know, I, I, you can still argue it. You can say it's a going rate given some of the other deals this summer, but it's still a lot of money for, for Dominic Sobersly, you know, in terms yeah. of... Exactly in his career. So the fact that Liverpool were willing to do that, I think, suggested they were they believed he could start the, the season as well, um, if needed. So I think they would I think it probably improves their chances of doing that if, if if bigger players are leaving. But I think that was always the case that they would be certainly in the in the mix to start the first game of the season. I think that's what it had to be from Liverpool's point of view. I think they had to have a a, a couple of signings this summer that were ready to go from day one. And McAllister yeah. and I think Sobersly was not far behind as well. Yeah, it will. It will be interesting to see. Yeah, especially with the with other ones coming in, and probably the the, the final question I want to ask because I know probably in not not too many hours or not too many days. I think you're flying out to Germany as well. Is that correct? Watching the Reds on tour. Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm only going on the day of the game, so Wednesday um, I'm going over to fly to Frankfurt and then down to down to Karlsruhe. So I'll be at the game on Wednesday evening, um, and then back to to Liverpool the day after. The, the second game obviously behind closed door, closed doors. Yeah, going to fourth. So um, yeah, less media around that game, obviously. I unfortunately not getting over to the to Singapore for the for the, the second leg of the the, the preseason, which disappointing that I would I would like to get over there, but just just the way it's worked out this summer, obviously with with various things, it's not been possible. So we'll be watching those from home, and then I'll be at Deepdale for um yeah for the the game Darmstadt before the the start of the season, and 
It's um, I, I wrote last week. I wrote a piece, obviously, on my my Substack. You know that I think this is the most fascinating preseason in years. Yeah. I, actually, before <laughs> most of the fascinating stuff had started as well with 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 Henderson and Fabinho. So it's still very much the case. I'm I'm optimistic still, but I'm also really intrigued by you know how Liverpool look come that first game of the season. You know, both personnel and and setup. I think there's a real um. A real excitement around around Liverpool, even if it is excitement mixed with you know pessimism or not even not pessimism, fear, if you like. Um, I think nervousness. I think that I think there's still a real reason to be excited about Liverpool going into the new season. There always is, and and this summer's no different for me. Yeah, it, it is an interesting one, and probably the the final question I want to to ask, but almost putting it together with everything that's going on, you know the the rapid links with the outgoings, established players, you know, a couple in. Everything seems to be fluid is maybe the the right phrase at the moment. Are, are you looking at this with what's happened last year as a a season of transition potentially, or are you hopeful that with the right moves, you know, the rest can be right back up there type of thing? How are you looking at it as it stands right now? Sorry, can you repeat that? I just missed a little bit of that at the start, sorry. Yeah, of course, absolutely. With the um, with what's happening at the moment, sort of the outgoings, you know, Fabinho, Hendo, the things that are being linked, and the, the new boys coming in, it seems like there's a lot of incomings, outgoings. It may even be seen as a, a season of transition potentially. Yeah. Are you looking at it that way, or are you thinking, no, this could be the right time? You know, if, if they get these moves right, this can be a jump from sort of fifth back up, right up there. How are you seeing this at the moment? Yeah, I think, I think. It's a, it would be a big ask to go from from where they were at last season to sort of where they were at the season before, where they're challenging for everything. Um, but I do, I definitely think there's a possibility that Liverpool can can get right back into the sort of best of the rest, if you want to call it that, category and compete with Arsenal, Manchester United, Newcastle. Certainly, yeah, uh, Chelsea will be better this season as well. Um, I don't. I, it, there will be transitional bits this season. Obviously, I mean, just the fact that they're in the Europa League is it makes it a bit of a transitional season, doesn't it? it just makes it a different. Yeah. Season. Um, and you might see a bit more experimentation in the first half of that campaign, you know, in the group stage. But in terms of what what I expect from Liverpool, no, I don't. I expect for, for starters, I expect the, the senior players, <laughs> those who stay to be better than we were last season. So that means Andy Robertson, it means Trent, it means Virgil van Dijk, um, it means Diogo Jota, Fit, uh, all these all these kind of players. I expect them to be better than they were because we can always, yeah. we can find these excuses and we can say, oh, they played a lot of football and they had injuries and oh, what can you do about Manchester City? They bought Haaland and what, you can, whatever you like. The bottom line is, for a lot of last season, Liverpool put a side on the pitch that didn't deliver to its potential. And that, yeah. that's, just, that's just obvious. You know, they did, they, they, no matter what, you know, problems they had in terms of energy and legs and injuries, like I say, they, they should have been good enough to give better performances against Brentford and Leeds and Nottingham Forest and Brighton Wolves. You know, they are better than, than what they showed. So I expect Liverpool to be better. And I think if they are, and they get off to a good start. I think that can snowball from there. You know, you can get that. Liverpool have shown. Arsenal showed it last year to a degree. Liverpool have shown it to another level to that. That once you that once they get into that position, they are the ones that can stay there and they can maintain it and they can they can have that yeah. mentality in that form and they can build that relationship, that atmosphere at the ground and things like that, that winning mentality. So it'll be hard because you know they've lost it last season, and, and they're going to lose some players. But I still think they're capable of being a really, really strong side this season. You know, definitely, definitely in the mix for the Champions League qualification. I would hope in the mix to to, to go deep in the Europa League. You know, and the domestic cups. We'll see. It might depend on draws and things like that. But in terms of the Premier League, yeah, I expect Liverpool to be up there in the top four. I don't expect them to be doing what they did at the start of last season, and you know, sort of putting themselves behind the eight ball before we were even out of August. Yeah, it, it will will be fascinating to watch. And I suppose the other thing will be fascinating to watch is by the time we, we may pick up again in a couple of weeks' time, what's happened in Germany, who's gone, who's had offers for, who's come in. It, it, it literally, it's, I'm, I'm guessing there's not going to be any type of summer holiday for you is the full stop. That's the easiest way to put it. 
No, uh, I'm actually planning my next holiday. I've been planning it this week, so that's the international break in September. So yeah, so I'm I'm uh, I'm on the treadmill if you want to call it that until until then. But you know that's the way it is, isn't it? And it's the way I'd, I'd like it to be. I'd rather I'd rather things were happening than nothing was happening because you know you're having to come up with ideas and you know you're having to sort of force things maybe a little bit more. Yeah. Year if there's nothing to talk about, at least now it it, it almost writes itself, doesn't it? And Means that means the phone's pretty hot as well for podcasts and things like that. So it's um it's never a bad thing, is it? Very true, very true. Long may it continue. And and all it really leads me to say is a, a couple of things. Thanks, Neil, as ever for your time. Much appreciated for the insight as ever. Yeah, no problem, mate. Thanks a lot. Magic. And if you've not, guys, definitely as we say, subscribe to Neil Substack. Make sure you you follow him on the YouTube. And that, ladies and gents, is another media matters for Anfield Index. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.